Before we start today's episode, I want to share a lovely review of the podcast with you all. This one is titled Accessible and Magical, and it comes in by Witch for Hire on Apple Podcasts. They say, Hannah is very accessible and familiar. She reminds us that magic is every day and for everyone. Each episode is unique and interesting. While not every guest might be for you and your path, each one is worth a listen. If, like me, you've found accessing your magic difficult in this crazy timeline we're in, Hannah's podcast is a refreshing, easy reminder that it's still there for us. I've found myself nodding along with many an episode, remembering things I've forgotten. It's actually inspiring. Give it a listen and find everyday magic again. Thank you so much, Witch for Hire. It is so lovely to read your reviews and I'm so grateful that you put this one on Apple Podcasts because it really, really does help. Keeps us in the chart and lets other people know that my podcast is worth listening to. Welcome to Witch Talks, a series for spiritual seekers, witches and enlightened souls. I'm Hannah the Suburban Witch, an intuitive tarot reader, astrologer and eclectic witch and I hope you're ready to get up close and personal with your favourite witches. In today's episode, we're chatting with Aunt Carla, also known as the self-help witch. She's a teacher, blogger, and spiritual practitioner with over 30 years of magical experience. She is the high priestess of the Red Soulflower School of Magic, and I'm so excited for her to share her work and her wisdom with us all. She is joining us via Zoom all the way from New York. Hey, Aunt mm-hmm. Carla, welcome to the show. Hey, Hannah, how are you? I'm Great so to be here. Good. I'm so happy to have you here and to chat face to face. And yeah, you know, for everyone that's listening, we are also on the YouTube channel if you want to see our beautiful faces. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know, Aunt Carla, what is a typical day in the life of this beautiful self-help witch like? What sort of, a, what does a typical day look like? Typical. And that's, that's the, the operative word there. Typical. Ordinary um, day. <laughs> yeah. Ordinary day. I like to get up in the morning and, uh, you know, have a little quiet time, light a candle, incense, pull a card, but that doesn't always happen, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but that is, that is the goal. Mm-hmm. And then um, I usually have breakfast with my husband. Uh, we both work from home. Then I'd say, I'm usually doing some kind of reading because I do some kind of reading, some kind of witchy book, something that I'm working on because after that, I'm usually creating content all day long. Uh, oh, and then I spend some time with my community online. You know, I have a Facebook group and also going through my Instagram and, and commenting. So I keep in touch with my people and, um, and emails, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, and then my day job is um, I'm also a musician and performer. So my husband and I create educational programs. So we're usually doing that as well. We don't have kids. So we have a lot of, uh, well, well, you know, our projects are our kids, you know, I mean, it's not the same, you know, your mom, you know, it's totally different. Um, But we're often creating something all the time. We're usually working on some new project, or I'm working on something, you know, for, for my witchy community. I love that. That's so beautiful. That like collaboration between you both. It's really, yeah. really nice. What a, what a lovely day. Way to spend your day. I didn't know it you were is. a musician either. What, uh, what musical instruments do you play? Sure. Well, I'm primarily a singer, um, mm-hmm. but I play mostly percussion. I play guitar as well, but my husband plays, he's an amazing guitar player. So once we started, once we connected, I really stopped playing. <laughs> I don't play as much anymore. I'm, I'm curious. Do you utilize your voice and your musical talent in any of your spell work or rituals that you do? I do. I do. Not, not so. So, for example, um, when I, before I ever met my husband, I did a, I did like a love attraction spell. And what I did was. I played the song Vision of Love. So I didn't sing, but I played Mariah Carey's Vision of Love, which is like, you know, your vision of love. And, and I had written down all these different um, qualities that I wanted in a partner. So I would, I like lit a can, I lit a pink birthday candle. I would play the music and I would read out loud the things that I wanted. And I did that for, I probably did that every morning for about two months till I just kind of got bored with it. And then I let it go. And then, 
I ended up meeting my husband. <laughs> oh, Do you know how long, like how long between you finishing that, that ritual, that beautiful morning ritual until you met mm-hmm, him? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I already knew him. I will say that, but I didn't know that anything was going to happen. It, it, it might've not really taken for about six months to a year, maybe. But as I said, I forgot about it, which is really what you're supposed to do. Like yeah. once you, you <laughs> let your magic go, you're supposed to let it go. And the thing is, I was really, to be honest, if I'm telling the truth, I had a particular, I had a specific person in mind and it was not my husband. Mm -hmm. I had a specific person and my goal for the magical, for the spell was to kind of make this person do all, have these qualities, you know, Mm -hmm. but really it was kind of like making a apple into an orange because that person was never going to be that. But I was sort of getting into alignment with the kind of relationship that I wanted Mm -hmm. and because the relationship that I kind of had with this other person I was like well I'm only getting some of the things that I really want I'm not you know I thought that this guy was the guy that I wanted but the the qualities weren't really there so okay let me do this ritual and that way the universe would know that this guy would be able to do those things for me and that's not what happened (laughs) the universe took your shopping list and went Nope, that's not on nope. the list. That's not going to happen. That's where, where the right one but, is. <laughs> yeah, but the right one did have everything. So which was beautiful. And and I always like to to give when I whenever I tell the story, I always like to add the footnote that the guy that I was working so hard to get is still single. Mm. So, well, still single to this day. Maybe you dodged a bullet. <laughs> oh, I definitely dodged a bullet, but I didn't know. And and so <laughs> so if, if anyone you know listening or, or watching this. We sometimes you might think that trying to do a you know a love spell on a specific person is a great idea. You, there's so much you just don't know. You just don't know. And you have to allow for the universe to to do its work and to send someone who could be ten times better than the one that you're focused on. So Absolutely. I definitely learned that lesson. Yeah. Yeah. I of, I often like to think of it as in the universe knows better than I do. <laughs> It's true. It's true. That's why we trust the universe, right? The yes. Universe, yes. God, goddess, whatever you call it, mm-hmm. usually knows more than we. <laughs> <laughs> true. Now, your your actual magical practice and knowledge and everything, it started in, in hoodoo, right? Your magical practice yes. was founded in hoodoo. Mm-hmm. Yes, what has yes. your journey been like from there? Do you still incorporate hoodoo? Are you still a hoodoo practitioner or is it just evolved? What's going on? Oh, it has totally evolved. So the, the roots or the foundations of hoodoo started with, uh, they started in the, like, the enslaved Africans who were brought over to, like, the New World, the colonies, and the Caribbean. And they already had, you know, an African spiritual tradition. But when they were brought here to the States, they weren't allowed to practice what they wanted to practice. They were made that, hey, you have to be Christian. You have to do all these things. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the practitioners, well, some practitioners were like, okay, fine, I'll be a Christian. But a lot of others were like, I'm not doing that. But what I will do is I'm going to pretend that I'm doing your Christian stuff, but I'm going to be doing my stuff along with it. And so it's like a, so hoodoo is this, it's this mixture, this interesting mixture of some European things, but it's really like African traditions that have that that survived. Mm. But um, survival is is the main thing. It's a very to me, it's very survival based because the people who were using it, they're using it to protect themselves. And there was plenty of reasons why they had to protect themselves. You know, they're enslaved, so they were being beaten killed, raped, blah, blah, blah. Their families were being separated. So these different rituals and spells that they created, they, they use them to, to survive, you know, because all of those things were legal. You know, it's not like you could say, oh, well, you could just run away and, and no, where you couldn't go anywhere. So this is can't it's call really the fascinating. police on that. That was exactly, yeah. exactly. So this is it's fascinating when you think about it that this magic was basically created to find some kind of relief within a system that was working against you. Mm-hmm. So so while those foundations are 
definitely there and they're powerful. I'm not in that place anymore. And I'm not coming from a place of, of survival. Um, so over the really years. interesting distinction. I've never actually heard someone mention it that way, that it was created out of this survival. It adapted to you know, yeah. colonialism. Um, yeah. But then that you're not in that. So it's almost like drawing from that potentially. So. Oh, for sure. Interesting. For sure. Yes. Great insight. Yeah. There. So, so for example, um, you know, I, I have been fortunate to study a whole bunch of other kind of magical paths, you know, and, and also things like, you know, there's metaphysics, there's law of attraction. There are other magical paths that aren't exactly African that are, but there's also some, there, I guess there's all these different symbolisms, all these other things that are going on that that's for generic magic. I don't know, know what you'd call it, like things that don't necessarily fit into a particular um path or they're shared by many and mm. astrology you know things like that crystals those things did not come into hoodoo at all but I have learned how you know I've learned about them I've used them and I've incorporated that into my practice at all so what I do now I really couldn't call hoodoo because like um um like I had been asked at one point to teach hoodoo and I thought you know what this isn't really what I'm doing like you know what I really can't call myself a hoodoo practitioner because this isn't really what I'm doing because I have a little bit of this a little bit of that I'm really quite eclectic mm-hmm. however the thing about hoodoo that I love that I still use is its simplicity hoodoo is about what do you have around you like what is handy you're you know you're it's not about standing on ceremony it's it's you know it's low magic or folk magic mm-hmm. magic of the people so it's like you know what can I find what's around me and because of it's simplicity. That's how I approach magic. So everything that I do, any kind of ritual I, I do is going to be how simple can I make it? Like I'm not going to do some big outlandish thing. And um, what a friend of mine likes to say, she'll say something like, well, did my ancestors have that? No, they didn't have that. So I'm not doing it. And it just keeps things simple. So I like that. So I approach things with kind of a hoodoo foundation, just keeping it simple. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you're right, it is in a lot of folk magic traditions as well. And for anyone listening out there, so Aunt Carla used the term low magic. There is low magic and high magic. High magic is what we think of with things like ceremonial magic. That's Mm -hmm. high magic. It's very ritualistic. There is almost like rules and regulations within those forms. Whereas low magic is a lot more free-flowing. It is just as you say, what do you have on hand? What grows on the land where you are? You know, instead Mm -hmm. of going and grabbing some fancy herb from across the oceans, why not look for something that's right in your backyard? Yes. And it's like, you know, you don't have the time, you know, you you don't have the time to go and do the big fancy, you know, Mm -hmm. like if if you're, if your life is in danger for, you know, if your life was in danger, you don't have time for this big you know, ceremony, you're like, okay, what can I do? I'm going to do this and this and this and, you know, keep it moving. <laughs> I would argue no one has time these days well, that's true. Ceremonies, <laughs> especially not um, anyone yeah. that has a, you know, home self business. A, yeah. What's it called? Their own business or uh, mm-hmm. know, parents. Yeah. Know, time is, time is very hard, hard done by these days. So those that do do ceremonial magic I props to them some of those rituals take like 30 days to complete you know where you do the same thing every day and goodness who has who has the time I like reading (laughs) about that stuff like I've read a few books like a lot of the old like early 1900s and even um 1800s occult books are based on ceremonial magic and it's very interesting to learn from and to read from and to almost like pick from but that's mm-hmm. not my style of magic either. <laughs> yeah yeah I'm same here <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely I props to them like all the respect exactly yeah. you do term yourself the self-help witch so how can magic be a form of self-help how can we use it that way well you know I feel it's always important to remember that you know as as witches magical people spiritual practitioners whatever you want to call yourself wizard we are not at the mercy of fate you know if you need something you have you need to get a new job or you need money or you're looking for love you don't have to just sit and wait we can employ magic to enhance things in our lives to attract things to us and um 
magic is, I feel it's a tool for transformation. You can use magic to live your best life, but you can also use it in, in addition to say therapy. Like I'm a big fan of therapy. Therapy is important. I wouldn't say do magic instead of, but you could do it in, in addition to, you know, so if you're like working on your shadow work and you're, you know, you're, you're working on yourself, you're doing your inner work. You can also use magic to help you find clarity, to help you heal from some of the wounds that might have been, you know, opened while you were doing your inner work. Um, so I feel, you know, it's, it's just, it's another type of therapy, but it's not the only kind of therapy and it definitely can and should be used with other forms of traditional therapy. If, you know, if that's what you need. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a form of self-care through your magic alongside your traditional therapy or psychology and that sort of things. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you uh, have any specific things that you do in your, almost like your everyday or like once a week or anything that I guess brings in that element of self-care or self-help into your own life? Yes. One of my favorite spells is my money candle, my money ritual, money wealth altar ritual that I like to do on Thursdays. Mm -hmm. And uh, what that is, is like, so I will have some kind of money oil. Like you could, if, if, you can buy money oil, for, you know, from your favorite, you know, practitioner or crystal store, or you can make it yourself like with basil and, you know, you might put it, charge it um, under the moon or the sun and, uh, and you, you know, imbue it with the powers of attraction, attracting um, prosperity. And so, but whatever oil you use, because actually I have oil that I purchased from other, my other favorite witches. So I, what I do is every Thursday, I will take all the cash that I can find in my house. So that, you know, mine into my wallet, my husband's wallet, I will bring all the cash and it needs to be cash because it has its own, uh, it has its own frequency, like money, paper money, as opposed to like a credit card or anything like that. So I take the money and then <laughs> I take the money oil and I go bill by bill and I will like anoint the front of the bill and in, uh, here in, in the United States, there's, I guess they always have some kind of head of state on the bills. I guess, don't they have them? We, like a president or a prime minister? Yeah, we have it a little bit different. And our money is also plastic, which is oh. um, a bit different. Yes. Oh, oh <laughs> no paper. So it can get oh. wet and that's not a problem. You can put your money in the washing machine in your pocket and it doesn't matter. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yes, it's See, plastic. If I live but we have... Uh, the head I don't know we have on the coins we have the queen but the actual piece of paper I should know I know we have like people from history of Australia okay I don't know who they are okay but mostly it's plastic it's all plastic all the notes are plastic wow okay so yeah. I wouldn't even know how I would have to come up with something else or maybe I would just do some version of it but basically how it works is I would take the paper bill and so there's usually some kind of you know, president, founding father. So I would take a little bit of the oil on my finger and let's say we have president Washington or president Jefferson or something like, anyway, I don't, is he on the bill? Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, so anyway, I anoint the face and I'll say, Washington, come back and bring your friends, you know, and I'll take every single bill and I will anoint it and I'll speak to whatever, you know, head of state or founding father was on that bill. Franklin, cause that's a hundred dollars. Um, Franklin, come back and bring your friends and I will anoint every single piece of paper, you know, paper money. And then I'll put it on, I have like a little wealth altar. Mm -hmm. And then I burn a green chime candle on, you know, like, like I'll, I'll I have like this little tray. So I put all the cash there, all the anointed cash. Um, I'll have a, a green chime candle in the middle of it all. And I will also add my prosperity crystals, you know, the pyrite, um, uh, citrine, uh, jade, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, and a clear quartz. And, uh, and then I will burn the candle. The chime candle takes about two to three hours and I do it every Thursday, which is the day of Jupiter. So that is, that is something I do every Thursday. And that keeps the cash flow coming through. Oh, and then, you know, and then like the next day or so, I will spend the money. Um, I mean, not right away, not all of it, but it's like as you spend the money, you're training your money to come back to you. 
So you, I guess you could do it with plastic. I just, you know, the way I do it here, I just do it with paper. Yeah, I feel like the the oil wouldn't really stick to it, but it would still, like, I guess, coat it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I, I doubt that pretty much anyone in Australia would know who the people on the money is, which is really <laughs> terrible. Well, I guess um, as long as you're talking to them, you're like, hey. Could Come you back and bring to, your friends. Could you talk to the denomination of it? So, for example, like, hello, $20 bill. Yes. Please leave and come back with all of your friends, like, instead of yes. the person there. Cool. Yes, it's the, yes, it's the same idea. And I, But I think, I guess, if you're using oil on top of uh, plastic, you know, plus it would might, it would run or get sticky. But you know what I guess you could do? Probably. Um, put it in a bowl. You could do, like, a bowl. Do something like that. So um, I've seen people do money bowls. Put... So you could put your plastic money in like a little bowl or on a little uh, mini altar tray and then light the candle right next to it. But the whole thing is that you are you are telling that money what you want it to do. Mm-hmm. You're saying, come back to me and bring your friends, bring more. Come on. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so that's I, like, I just got like a flash of like almost insight, I guess, of an alternative way without using oil. Potentially, let's say you have like a generator style crystal. So it has one point and generally six sides and you you take that in either a you know citrine jade one of those and maybe use that and do like a little money sigil and say like draw over it over the money yes. that makes sense that yes. could be an interesting See? adaptation there you go you've got like See? a little Aussie version of your spell if you need if you yes need absolutely See? See, and I you think, saw it here first <laughs> yeah I think Canada also has plastic money as well so very similar ah okay yeah. all right well and anyone all of the notes are different colors because mm-hmm. when I went to the States, I got very confused. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't just like pull out money and know what it is. I have to, is that, what is that? Oh, it's just a dollar. We don't have dollar bills either. We have, it starts at five. So uh, wow. yes, five, okay. 10, 20, 50, and then a hundred, which I don't, I've rarely seen hundred dollar bills. They're not really used. Oh. Wow. See, this is is why I love these conversations. You decide, like, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. It's so (laughs) fascinating. And like my listenership is very heavily in the US, but then I also have like a ton of people from obviously Australia. And then there's there's one person in Pakistan. Thank you. (laughs) Yay. I see you. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) So, um, and yeah, other places around the world as well. But those are sort of the two predominant countries, obviously Australia, because where I hail from but I have a very large uh, following over in the U.S. which is wonderful and it's great to sort of share these these differences and the similarities as well and I just think it's really fascinating and yeah we don't really have anyone that uh, would practice hoodoo almost like it's not really a natural progressional thing that is here Mm. there are there are root workers there are people who have chosen to pursue that but it's not really something that comes with the country if that makes sense. Oh, no, totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah, so it's really fascinating when I get people that have grown up around it where, I mean, I'm sure, did you grow up in Florida? Is that where you grew up? Yes, yes, I'm from, which is like the American South. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there are a ton of hoodoo practitioners in that area. Oh, absolutely. Like the Southern United States, like the Southern Southeast United States are all very much steeped in hoodoo or some kind of, African inspired um, spiritual practice and also the Caribbean, you know, Jamaica, mm. Haiti, um, Louisiana, like, and then they might have a little bit of voodoo, Santeria, depending on the island. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's lots of, but there's a lot of mixture and a lot of it is, is sort of what happens when you bring African spirituality, when you take it outside of, you know, of, of the continent and, what uh and it's you know it's just like people making it work it's really and and really that's what magic is you know Mm -hmm. we're making it work and it's like you try to force me to do things your way well I'm gonna do it my way and I'm not gonna tell you about it (laughs) you know I love that so did you do you did you find yourself heavily influenced by other hoodoo practitioners growing up was it in your family was it your neighbors like how did you sort of fall into that uh my aunt I had I had an aunt growing up who would just do candles I mean there's all kinds of hoodoo spells but candles were really much her thing and when my parents would go away I would babysit she would babysit me so I'd be with her for the whole weekend so I would shoot she might light a candle 
but she would definitely like we would go downtown every weekend and there was this botanica the store where she would go and buy supplies and I would be looking around the store and you know all the, the statues and the candles you know and it smelled interesting and and I was fascinated by that but she was the only person in my family I mean for her to know it she other people in my family had to do it but mm. um I was kind of I was like late and I was like a late arrival to the family so a lot of people other people just weren't around they weren't alive so there was no one else to really teach me but I feel she I got a lot from her but then once I left Florida and moved to New York um I found other teachers like because also like my aunt didn't really teach me anything as much as she showed me like I learned by watching Mm -hmm. and when I was older and I moved to New York and I was able to find other teachers or take classes on it um I learned a lot more spells and I learned why certain things were used. And that was really helpful. And, you know, so I've read different books by now and had classes. And so a lot of things make a lot more sense to me than they did. So I'd say I got it from my aunt. So it did come through a family line, but she didn't really teach me, you know, and there's a lot of stuff I wanted to know, but she was one of those people you just didn't, you didn't ask, you know, you, mm-hmm. you probably have, everyone, everyone has like that family member, who's, you know, who believe that, that kids should be seen and not heard, you know? So that was that, that was that aunt, but I was still fascinated by all the magical things she was doing. Oh yeah. You would have been heavily, I'm sure, inspired and influenced just by seeing it and being exposed to it as well. I think that's for a lot of people who are, I guess, never, you know, they might come to magic a bit later in life because they were never exposed to any form of it, like myself right. included. I was very much Christian Pentecostal upbringing. Uh, we didn't have a lot of outside influence in terms of, um, you know, my parents were quite strict on what we could watch, what we could listen to, what was allowed mm-hmm. in the house as well, what we were allowed to participate in. So um, that meant that those influences weren't there. There were spiritual influences, but that was right. different to witchcraft or magic. Uh, so it's really interesting to see when people do grow up around it. And it, I'm sure, you know, you may have had, there might've been someone else who was, let's say the same age as you could have been influenced by it and not interested at all, but it's yeah. obviously stirred something in your heart, in your soul. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but you know, whenever I, when I ever, I talk about like the roots of magic or, or just how magic has been around before Christianity, you mm. know, like when I love when I'm researching for my classes, like I learned that Christianity or like, you know, let's say Jesus Christ walked the earth about 2000 years ago, mm-hmm. which is like, that sounds like a long time ago. And it is, but humans, we civilization, um, we've been around at least 40,000 years. And there were different practices that we had been doing before mm-hmm. that. So I like to tell people, even no matter how religious your upbringing is there's someone way 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 back who was doing something that would be considered witchcraft you just didn't know so Mm -hmm. and you know people like to especially you know certain religious people like to to not really talk about that they don't want to talk about that or no we're not talking about grandma no 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 you know no this is this is christian this is what you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. so i feel everyone has magical ancestry they just don't know it but Mm. I think it's definitely in your background oh Christianity definitely was I guess the reason for a lot of magical erasure in a lot of cultures families a lot of history absolutely absolutely yeah so it's something my grandmother recently passed she was like the strictest Christian you could possibly be um (laughs) God, she, she obviously knows what I do now that she can see from the other side, but that's fine. <laughs> no, she didn't, no. she didn't ruin real life because it would have been a big blow to her. Um, mm-hmm. But I always, she was Dutch. And so she came over to Australia when she was early twenties. And I always wanted to just sort of almost ask, you know, did anyone ever do anything that was, you know, what was there before your mum found you know, the, the Dutch revival church, what was before yeah. that? Was she, you know, I want to hear about your ancestors. And she didn't know a lot about it because I did 
do her memoir and tried to almost like wriggle out some information in a way she wouldn't know. Sure, sure. Couldn't get any. And I was like, oh, surely there is some like Dutch magical history somewhere in our family. I'm mm-hmm. sure of it. Uh, but on my my mother's side of the family, that's Irish history, Irish and English. And I mean, the Irish are absolutely super magical in terms of yes. all of the roots there. So I know there's a lot coming through that down that bloodline, but, uh, and that's definitely my witchy side, a lot of <laughs> witches in that side of the family. So uh, it's interesting, yeah, seeing how Christianity can just erase all this, this beautiful history, but yeah. right, it, it's still, it's almost like the blood remembers, like, you know, it's yes, mm-hmm. yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, so I, I definitely like to, you know, say to people, you know, you have that desire that's there for a reason. There's a part of you that is interested. You're curious, you're drawn to it. There's a reason because it's, it's in your blood. You just don't know where it came from. And, you know, so like follow, do your research, follow that line back. If you can ask questions, if you can. I interrupt your listening pleasure to ask you if you're enjoying this podcast. I ask because this series is a labor of love. And if you like what you're hearing, consider signing up as a Patreon supporter to see its continued success. Not only will you receive exclusive access to my private Facebook group, but also monthly live readings and moon ritual worksheets. Head over to patreon.com forward slash suburban witchery to sign up now. And now back to the show. That's yeah. fantastic. Now, you are writing a book at the moment as well. Is that right? Yes. Yes. It's taking me a grapevine. while. But yes. What's that? <laughs> the news on the grapevine says that you are bringing <laughs> yeah, something writing. out into the world. So tell us uh, what, what that's going to be about if you're able to share. Sure. No, of course, of course. So the book is titled uh, You Are the Spell. And it's about, you know, you're finding your personal magic and how to use magic to, you know, create change and transformation in your life. And what it's, it's, you know, my take in the world, like my little footnote of the universe on what magic is, but I, it's like one of those, I guess, maybe the book that I would have wanted to read when I was starting out, because I remember thinking, I want, does magic really work? You know, I read books and, and I wanted a book to tell me, yes, magic works. Magic is a thing. So I do have that. (laughs) I do kind of mention that in this book, but it's like, Magic is older than you. Magic exists. It's here. But having said that, because, you know, because I remember looking like for that answer. um, But now that you know that it exists, this is what you can do with it. So, you know, here, basically here, it's not just a spell book. It's about how to create a magical life, how to, you know, have sovereignty in your practice that you can be self-aware and, uh, trust yourself, but also things like the ethics of magic and, and knowing that there's a responsibility. When you have, you, you know how to do these things, you need to be responsible about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you need to think about like, you know, where are you getting your, some of your ingredients from, you know, are you, are, you know, there's, there's places that, um, that might be taking advantage of the earth, you know, like, I wouldn't recommend that you buy your uh, your if you're if you're buying sage. I wouldn't say buy it from uh, a cosmetic store like a you know a nationwide cosmetic store because they're probably going to have this huge supplier and this huge supplier could be getting it from somewhere that is not being ethical to the earth. You know, so things like that, or um, you know, paying attention to where your your ingredients come from, um, but also things like. What kind of spells are you doing? Are you, um, it's not about the rule of three and that things come back to you because not everybody follows that. And that's, and, and who do we definitely do not. That's yeah, not that's the thing. A wicked thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a wicked thing. That's not Which, a hoodoo thing. Honestly, like I, I know that it came about to almost like make witchcraft more palatable, mm-hmm. but I do, I do think it is a, it's a great thing to, to live by. I, sure. I, sure. I, I don't live by it by myself, but I think. Sure. If people do, fantastic. Nothing against people who follow Wicca. I think it's amazing. But yes, not all witches or magical practitioners yes. will follow that. That's not, a, you know, universal law with magic. Oh, absolutely. And and the thing about hoodoo, for example. So you know, with hoodoo, we're talking about people who were enslaved, the people who for, you know who were first using it. Where does the rule of three? It doesn't fit them. It does not serve them. Like when you're already on the other side of being, you know beaten and killed and, and raped and your family's be like, 
what you can't even understand that kind of concept. Your thing is, I need to be able to protect myself. There's a lot of protection spells in hoodoo, and that's for a reason. So it's like, if I need to use my magic to protect myself, then okay, then that's what I'm going to use. But my personal ethics is I'm not going to go out of my way to hurt somebody, you know? And it just, so it's just about being mindful of how you use your magic and being responsible with it. Absolutely. Do, do just back to the, the hoodoo having mm-hmm. a lot of protection. Do, do you find it has a lot of uh, baneful magic as well? Like yes. almost like revenge magic is kind of the yes. way I'm going. Yes. And, and again, that's, you know, that's also that survival mode when you are mm-hmm. in survival mode, things like gossip could actually hurt you, mm-hmm. you know? So, so absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, so also you have to think about the historical context, you know, um, there's a lot of protection because slaves needed protection. They did not have it. They did not have personal agency to get away from, you know, if you're, if you were a woman, for example, um, that means your body was owned by your master and he could have his way. He could give you away to someone else if he wanted. So there's all of, so, so some of this magic was used to, for, for protection, or if it was something like if some kind of, uh, negative things were happening to you, you might do like a return to sender. You're sending that energy back Mm. or something like um, families could be like your husband and actually you weren't allowed to marry. Mm. So your husband could be, or the man that you love, the, the father of your child, or even your child could be sold away. So a lot of those spells might be like, come back to me. And that's not like, oh, I just want to get my ex back. That's not the, that's not the original connotation. So that's why historical context is important. So, so things like I want to protect myself or protect my family so that we are not, that they are not harmed. Or if something negative is happening to me, I want to be able to send it back. I'm sending it back to you. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, you know, my personal, personal ethic is, do no harm, but take no shit. I don't know if I could say that. Yeah, you know? go for it. I love that. I love that. Oh, idea. okay. Yeah. It's like, so, so it's like, I'm not going to go out of my way to hurt you, but if you're sending something my way, I have every right to send it right back. So, mm-hmm. you know, everyone has to decide for themselves what their personal ethics are. So when it comes to like my book, I'm talking about, you know, using magic for, you know, creating your, your, your best life, working with your highest potential and all of those things, but also, you know, don't get drunk on power and just think you could just, you know, mm. use it to run over people and, and take advantage of situations, you know, but you know, it's not a preachy book at all, but yes. just understanding that with power, there's responsibility. I agree. And so I had a, a recent discussion with Devin Hunter and we we're talking about how people usually go to witchcraft because of the power, because it is power. Mm, yes, right? that's, yeah, yeah. That's why it is whether it's power to protect yourself or power to just change your circumstances or take back control mm. in your life. So it's really fascinating. But he also put out a tweet recently and I did see it got a little bit heated where he mm. asked, are you a witch who asks permission or not? And I think that's more around the ethics of, you know, mm. asking someone if you can, you know, light a candle for them, or can I send a healing mm. spell your way, or can I do this? He's like, do you ask permission before you go and do that, or do you just do it uh, because you're a witch? And it was very divisive. So, what, what's your take on that? Do you do you ask ooh, permission, or do you um, just do it? I do ask permission because my personal experience, or just my personal feeling, is if that person, well, two things: a, everyone is on their own particular journey. And you don't know what it is. And you cannot, even if you did want to do a candle for someone else, you can't, you don't know what their journey is. So if you don't have their consent, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. So I think it's important to get their permission, but not from, not, it's not like I want to light a candle because I want that person to be well. It's not that, but like, healing is a spiritual journey even like okay put it in terms of like love like someone asked me once you know my neighbor or my best friend no my aunt was something like that like my aunt you know she has been single for so long and I want to do a love spell for her you know would that be okay 
And I'm like, well, are you going to incorporate, are you going to ask her? Because the thing is, if your aunt or whoever this other person is, if they say yes and they know, then that means they're now another, uh, they're like another energy line into that spell. Now, if you don't, if you don't incorporate them and you just think, oh, I'm just going to do them a favor, you're not necessarily because you don't know what kind of shadows that they're dealing with. You don't know what their path is. You don't know if, I, I believe in free will, you know, but we don't know if this person has things going on within them that you know nothing about. And they're not in a relationship because of all these reasons that they will never tell you about. Mm. So it's so important that you stay in your own lane when it comes to these things. And it's not about, we're not, we're not fairy godmothers. That's not really our thing here. If you want to help someone get their consent, because then it's going to be more powerful. Otherwise, maybe you'll attract someone to them and they'll, they'll just mess up that relationship. Like they have to be willing participants in the spell for it to be more powerful. Mm -hmm. So I don't do stuff without anyone's permission, not because it's not like I need to get permission. It's just there's no, I, I believe in like shadow work and, you know, working on ourselves. And there's no point in going to the, to the, to the trouble of doing a love spell for someone who's just not even trying to attract someone. They really might not want to be with someone. Or even if they said they did, then okay, then let them do the spell with you. Yeah. Now, see, I, I can see how this could get heated. But yeah, because yeah, yeah, I'm getting heated just thinking about it. But it's just about, you don't know the other person's, you know, because that's, if you're coming up with that, the desire, oh, I want to do a love spell for this person. So they do this thing or that's fine, but get their permission, get mm -hmm. their consent, because that is what's going to make it more powerful. Otherwise you don't know what kind of psychological, you know, shadow things that they're working with that might otherwise be repelling mm -hmm. relationships. And mm -hmm. your, your candle is not going to, it's not going to replace the inner work that they should be doing. Yeah. I, and let me and back it, up for a second. Okay. It could put them on a different path as well than what they're, you know, bring someone in before they're ready and cause more trauma. Exactly. So there are exactly. things we need to consider. And I always say to people, do divination before you perform a spell. Absolutely. For or for anyone mm -hmm. else, because it might not be the right path. Absolutely. Exactly. And I get a lot of questions myself about things like a cord cutting, right? Mm -hmm. Can I do a cord cutting for someone else? Yeah, can I do it for this? I see my friend, they're in a toxic relationship. Can I do a cord cutting for them? And I often say, no, because I mean, you can, you can, you can, but having someone, at least one parties, because obviously in a cord cutting, you're never going to get both parties permission, right? Right, um, right, right. That's not how that particular magic works. Um, but if you have at least one and they either, whether they participate with you or they consent to it, they've opened yep. up their energy to allow that cord cutting to happen. And there's going to be less repercussions on them in that regard. Yes. Is my view. And it's just, it's easier to tap into their energy because they've allowed it. Uh, yes. So that, that's part of it. Uh, but if you were to do it for someone else and they don't know about it, like, oh, I just think it's, it's messing with things that you might not be ready for. And especially if you're not gifted in that area, because they can be messy to do that form of work. Absolutely. It's just, yeah steer clear but then when it's something like baneful magic let's say a return to sender i'm not going to ask for permission to that i'm just going to do that no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah or like you know something's really getting in my way i'm probably i'm not going to ask permission to do anything like you know prosperity work to ask for a new job yes i might get it over someone else who was supposed to but it's almost like that's part of the power of being a witch yes yeah yeah absolutely i mean a lot of the things that we do magically can also be done on the mundane side of things. So, you know, you could say, um, say you're, you're going up for a job and so is this other person. So you might do something, not use magic, but let's say you do a special project and a report that is like fantastic, phenomenal. And your, and your managers are like, Oh my goodness, I'm going to give this person the job. You didn't use, use any magic, but you said you put your best foot forward and you put it out there and you got it. And you got it. So mm -hmm. I, I feel like it's you have a right to to create your life the way you want. And and just because and you know, things happen when someone says, Okay, I want to I get a job 
or I want to get a better job. And then they do a ritual and then they get fired. <laughs> this happens. Like, yeah. like something happens, like they get fired or something, you know, happens negatively and they're like, oh my God. But what happens is they energetically open themselves up for another position to come through. Yeah. So it's like, you don't always know on the surface what it all means. Mm-hmm. So the other thing back to the, like the whole permission thing, let's, let's even talk about a personal thing. Like, like for me, um, as I said, I don't do love spells anymore, <laughs> but I used to, right. And I used to do love spells. And even when I was doing love spells, like general ones, not for a specific person, before I did my shadow work, my inner work, I kept my, my, I would tell you my, my love spells work. They're great. They're awesome. And I would always be attracting people. However, I was attracting the wrong people because I didn't do the work yet. So I kept attracting people who maybe they'd want to sleep with me, but they wouldn't want a relationship or maybe something else was wrong. And I kept attracting or, or people who were emotionally unavailable, you know, or unrequited. Like I, that was my pattern. Mm. I, you can't, I feel like there's, there's also a psychological part of, of magic. So it's like, until I did the work to realize why do I keep attracting these people, these wrong people for me, I would keep it. My love spells as successful as they were. I kept attracting the wrong people. So then I did the work, say, okay, Carla, what's, what's really going on here. And then I had to heal that stuff. Mm. Only then did the love, you know, the magic then bring the right stuff. So again, it's like, you don't know what someone else's pattern is. You don't know, what their shadows are. You don't know what happened in their past that mm. makes them repel love, you know? So you just have to get, get their buy-in. That's all, you know, you're yeah. not, you're not the fairy godmother or yeah. father. Absolutely. I did <laughs> a, a I did a love magic post on my blog um, a while back. And one of the things I always say when I'm talking about love magic, because a lot of it is more attracting sort of an open-ended rather than a specific person. Because once you start looking at specific people, um, it's almost like there's a quote, I don't even know where it's from. There is a quote that's like, never start a marriage with a kidnapping. Yes. Yes. I remember that. It's (laughs) true. Yes. That is very apt for this style. (laughs) (laughs) So how is the book going? When can we sort of expect to see it on shelves? (sighs) That's a very good question. Um, I had started it last at the end of last year, but I recently had a move, an unexpected move, and it sort of shifted everything. Um, it's going to be self-published, so it'll be on Amazon, um, and it will be able to get on shelves, though. But um, I think I need at least a few more months, at least three more months, to really uh, complete it. And um, I have all these other things that are going on, you know, just like life. So. Uh, I think maybe about three more months from now, mm-hmm. it will be ready to see the world. <laughs> That's exciting. That's very exciting. And writing a book is a very, very big undertaking. So amazing work, <laughs> even just starting that process. It's a whole different world. Yes. Yes. And, you know, you really have to just make the time for it. And I have not been doing that lately because, you know, there's life, life, life. going on. absolutely (laughs) and the last thing I wanted to ask I know we've already touched on your money spell you did um give us the details on that one is that your favorite spell that you do or do you have any others that you turn to frequently one more that I well I have plenty but another one that I I share a lot is a clarity candle spell Mm -hmm. simple and effective see clarity I'm, I'm all about being honest with our you know it's so important for us to be honest with ourselves. And sometimes before we do a spell for something, we might not be sure really what side of it we're on. Like, oh, do I want to be in this relationship or do I want to leave or do I want to live in this place? And I have found that a clarity candle can really help you get to the heart of the matter. Mm -hmm. And also because sometimes we kind of avoid the truth and we spend a lot of energy avoiding what we really need to learn. But you just take a white candle or if you have a a white skull candle or you maybe have a skull a picture of a skull or if you have a crystal skull skulls represent the head and and head work you're trying to get into your brain Um, if you don't have a skull if you just have a white candle that's fine but you want to put your intention out there that you want clarity about a particular situation 
And a clarity candle works pretty fast and it will give you the answer you need. And I find it's really important to do a clarity candle because again, we spend so much energy in avoidance and there's things that we want to do in life or things that we want to do, but because we're avoiding knowing about a particular situation, we're kind of waffling. So for me, a clarity candle will give you the answer that you seek. You won't always like the answer, <laughs> but it, it helps you see what you can't unsee. Like, you, like once you get that answer, you can't unknow it. So it enables you to go forward with your life and stop you know, imagining like, oh, well, what about this? He could be like this. You're just getting to the heart of the matter. And I often say that I don't always like to do a clarity candle, but I like having done it because once it's done, I know what I need to know and then I can move forward. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, if someone's saying, you know, is my partner having, having an affair, you know, light that candle. Like if you really want to know, you know, and this is like, because you're saying the universe, okay, I want to know the truth. Mm, and I'm then ready. I'm ready. Yeah. You're telling the universe I'm ready for the truth. So what happens is, you know, you might hear a conversation, you might overhear something, you might find something, you might see something, or they might confess, you know, and, and you're like, okay, well, now that I know I can do, I can go forward, you know, with life. And, but it doesn't always have to be like a big negative thing, but those are the kind of situations that get the most attention. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so you get this white candle or a skull candle yeah. or whatever it is. Do you just mm -hmm. say this is for clarity or do you do something special with it? I like to, I like, I usually like to write it down. I, I like to write just like, um, thank you deity or thank you universe. Thank you for clarity on this particular situation. And I write it out. Then I light the candle and then I'll say it out loud. So I like to both write it down and then say it, let the candle burn down and then move on with my life. And then the clarity, the answers that I need will come, you know, pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. You know, so like, do you use that like petition paper, like to write it down and then burn it or put it under the candle? Um, I will put it under the candle. You know, some people, uh, you know, whatever I like to say, your magic, your rules. So, yeah. you know, some people like to, to, to keep their petition mm -hmm. papers. Some people like to burn it, you know, whatever, whatever you choose. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Thank you very much for sharing that. You've shared so I'm many welcome. great little tidbits and spells and things Thank that you. people can practically use as well, which I think is really great. Cause a lot of discussions around magic and spell work, it's often very, I don't want to say theoretical, but just or esoteric or just like yeah. kind of lofty. You could do this, but no one ever really gives a lot of the specifics, which is what you've done today, which is super helpful. And I'm sure a lot of people will take a lot of wisdom out of this episode. Thank you very much for sharing. You're welcome. I like being practical. I like practical things that you can use. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. I think people need the practical steps. That's, that's part of, I guess, being a witch in this day and age and yeah, cut, cut through all the, the BS. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Aunt Carla, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Can you tell everyone where they can find you online? Where's the best place to get in touch with you and find your work? Sure. Um, Instagram, you can find me at Red Soul Flower, S-O-U-L-F-L-O-W-E. So R-E-D-S-O-U-L-F-L-O-W-E-R. -E so you can find me. Instagram is where most of the magic happens. Um, I also have a YouTube channel and... Um, Let's see. I mean, I have a Twitter and a Facebook, but I feel like everything really happens for me and Instagram. That's where that's where all the, the magic happens. And I have a blog at redsoulflower.com. Amazing. I also find uh, with Instagram, it, the interactions on Instagram feel a lot more authentic and yes. deep and a lot more connection in that space. Like I know a lot of people don't have their DMs open. I do because I just love that connection that people can respond to stories and it opens up conversation and we can talk about it. I think that's wonderful. Whereas you, I've not found that so much on, on Facebook and definitely not on TikTok. So yeah, I fun. agree. Instagram's a good spot. Yeah. If they can stop with the scam accounts though, that would be I great. Know. <laughs> that would be great. That would be really great. But aside um, from that, Instagram is so wonderful for its witch community. I really yeah. appreciate Instagram for that. So yeah, if they could do something about those scam accounts, you know. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. Yeah. And if everyone, just so you know, if you see um, either of us or any of your favorite witchy spiritual practitioners start following you, just, I mean, 
I'm not usually following back my followers because I mm-hmm. kind of feel that's a bit weird and a bit of an invasion of privacy unless we've developed a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if they follow you, if you see a big account start following you, you go, oh, go and check out their page. If they've posted all of their content that day or in the last couple of days, yes. that's a red yes. flag. If there's no comments on their posts, that's a red flag. Yes. Most of us do not have backup accounts. It's not really a thing. Um, so just be mindful of that look for different letters or uh, punctuation in the name that's not often there and they're really sneaky so mine on Instagram is suburban underscore witchery and the most recent one was suburban underscore underscore witchery and when you have two underscores it's really hard to see that there's two there it becomes a slightly longer line so thankfully and they always block us first so we never know about of course so, so I always everyone appreciate. is like telling you about yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, you've got this like, thank you. And they'll send me screenshots, which is great because then I can share those screenshots on my story to be like, yo, mm-hmm. this is happening. Um, and I do find like, we often can't, I mean, you've got a link you share often for us because we're in a, a lovely little witchy yes. group chat. Yes. Um, you've it's got a link uh, I think you share for us to be able to actually get on and tell Instagram that we're being in person, yes. but it's, it's not uh, straightforward often. Yeah, it's it's not. So I just made a quick link because mm. it happened so many times. I had to uh, mm. redsoulflower.com slash IG scam. So anyone can use that if you're being um, scammed or you want to report someone else's, you just use that link and it goes straight to um, IG's report. And, you know, some some spiritual uh, accounts feel like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to respond to these anymore because it's, it's yeah. that rampant. And they're like, you know, if you don't, if you can't figure it out, just, just tough, you know? And I'm like, that's not, that's not my way. I'm still in that place where if I see someone trying to, you know, do something under my name, I'm still going to fight it. And yeah. also like when you get a DM from there, like, Grand rising, beloved, the ancestors have a message for you. You know, Although- just- that's usually like a really good telltale one although um recently the one that came from like my scam account thing the most recent Mm -hmm. one said hi love um I really wanted to offer you a reading they're quite cheap let me know if you'd be interested and I was like oh they're getting sneaky (laughs) because I had people saying like oh you know yeah great that sounds fantastic and I had to put a thing out and be like my actual pricing is over a hundred dollars an hour like it's (laughs) And I don't take it via WhatsApp. I have a, a professional website where you yes. can play with pay it like buyer protection, like a normal yes. business. So yes. definitely everyone be wary of DMs coming direct to you. That's a big red flag as well. And yeah, the, the weird, strange, grand beloved, high rising. I don't. Yeah. Grand rising beloved. The ancestors have a message for you, <laughs> you know, and, and the ancestors don't care. <laughs> What's that? The ancestors don't, don't care. care. <laughs> my ancestors aren't talking to you. No way. So it's it's just like discernment is so important, especially yes. if you are another spiritual person. Discernment means being able to judge what is real, what is not. Mm-hmm. So definitely go and do your research. Go and see is this a real thing or they're just asking me for my money. Because thing is, they'll take your money and they won't even give you a reading. So that's yes. that's the other thing. They're not even giving you a reading. They're just going to take your money and go. So or they come back and say there's a curse on you or there's this horrible negative energy. And if you don't pay me even more money to get rid of it, then you and your whole family is going to die. And like, I have amazing, beautiful followers, but some of them may have anxiety or, you know, some other issues where it does make them a little paranoid or, or really scared. And so that's sure. super scary. And yes. you can get caught up in that and think, Oh, I'll just pay them to make sure it's gone, but it's don't a scam. Do it, don't it's do not it. real. It's a scam. Yeah. It's mm. a scam. Don't do it. Yeah. So there you go, everyone. There's your little PSA. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aunt Carla, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been lovely to have you on. For everyone else that's out there listening, I'll put all of Aunt Carla's links in the description box below so you can click on those and go and find all of her lovely content and work. Definitely give her a follow on Instagram. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so via Patreon. I do provide uh, uncut and unedited and ad-free episodes over on uh, the Patreon to one of the higher tiers. And then we've also got um, PayPal if you wanted to support with a one-off donation. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast too. So if you'd like to jump on over to Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating and review. That really tickles my fancy. It's really, really exciting when I get a new review come through. I love hearing from you all. 
jump on over to Instagram. We've got at Witch Talks Podcast. That's the podcast specific one where I share photos and I'll probably share like some of Carla's amazing photos from her Instagram because they're really, really great. And you can just sort of see and, and get a glimpse of what else is happening from the people we have on the show. As always, have a lovely day wherever you are in the world today and I will chat to you next time. Thanks for listening.